Amen. Yeah, we want that prayer to be real as a church. Uh, and something that we believe in a lot. And so, uh, welcome if you're new. Uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors. And tonight and next week, uh, Brian and I want to share a little bit on Own It, which is kind of uh, every year in the fall, we kind of take a little bit of time and go back to kind of what our mission and vision is to keep that fresh in front of us and, and looking at how we as, as the church, see, I'm not the church, Brian's not the church, we are the church, and we get to be a part of the, the mission and vision God's given us here in the heart of the city, and so we want to spend a little bit of time looking at that, and tonight, I want to, you got a card when you came in, so I've totally given you the cheat sheet for where we're going tonight, um, but hopefully I'm engaging enough to keep your attention, because I want to unpack that, and really for us as a church to kind of say, this is the kind of culture that we want to create here. In fact, this is the kind of people we want to be. Um, when you think about the idea of a biblical blessing, I want you to begin to get your mind around that a little bit. Uh, how many of you think just initially when you hear the word blessing, you think like mealtime prayer? One. Okay, perfect. Well, I thought it'd be more. So um, you guys are way ahead. You're already... Uh, advanced in this, this idea of biblical blessing is way more than just a prayer at mealtime. In fact, uh, John Christ is a Christian community and he did a kind of a, a sketch on should you pray over appetizers or not. Uh, I put that link in your sermon notes. So if you have your app, you can open up sermon notes and you can look at that hopefully later, not right now, but you can look at that later and laugh uh, and enjoy that. But biblical blessing is this idea of significance and it's this idea of something really, really important that we see on display throughout the Old Testament and all throughout the New Testament as well. In the Old Testament, uh, it had a formal blessing. Uh, you can think of the significance of that. It's, it's Abraham passing on a blessing to his sons. It would be like the, the grandfather or the father of the family who would look to the eldest son and give a blessing, meaning passing on the property, passing on the authority of the whole family to the next generation. So there's significance in that sense. That would be one way that you could see the blessing. Over 500 times we see the word bless in the Old Testament and New Testament in ways that we see we can bless God through praise and worship and obedience. That's how we can bless him. We can bless one another as we seek to bestow goodness and hope and encouragement and favor upon someone else around you, to give them something of significance to pass on to them, to commend them or to wish them well, is to bless someone. We see pockets of this throughout our culture. We kind of understand that. But I want to read to you just a couple of the key blessings that we see in Scripture, because they're all over. But in Numbers uh, chapter 6, this is the priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, they were the priests of the nation Israel, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. And you would speak over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Doesn't that just sound awesome? It's just like, man, that's weighty. There's significance to it. There's a blessing that comes with that. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter one, kind of understanding the blessings that we have in Jesus, he says this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing 
in Christ. Meaning every blessing that rests on Christ from God the Father is now yours in faith. It's mine in faith because we're, we're one with Christ. We're hidden in Christ. We see God the Father giving that blessing over God the Son, Jesus, at his baptism. Remember that story? Here's what it was. As soon as Jesus was baptized, this is Matthew 3, went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. The Spirit of God descended like a dove, lightning on him, and the voice from heaven said, this is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. You know what's fascinating about this? Jesus has done hardly any ministry at this point. See, a blessing isn't tied to activity. A blessing's tied to identity. A blessing is not tied to, I'm doing really well and you achieve things. A blessing is tied to your identity. It's speaking hope over someone. Uh, We see this on display. How many of you have ever been to a wedding before? Okay, so you've been to a wedding, people do a toast at a wedding, right? In a lot of ways, that's a blessing. We're speaking over the bride and groom and, and blessing them, not just for this moment and all the moments that have been, but all the moments to come. And we're wishing them well. My family's kind of taken up this tradition and they all roll their eyes when we do it. Uh, but every birthday, we have a toast as a family for the person whose birthday it is. And we speak a blessing over them. And we toast and clink glasses in the restaurant. And my kids go crazy and they're like, please don't do this. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm the dad. Um, and so it's fun to embarrass you. So we do this. This idea of speaking a blessing over someone is weighty, and it's a powerful thing. We have a tendency to see it, and and when we feel it, we're encouraged by it. To bless someone is to be for someone, to be for their good. And in, in a way, it just lifts the soul of that person. Now, the opposite of to bless is what? To curse, right? Uh, curse might be a description of this idea to wish ill on someone or to speak discouragement or to, to speak poorly of someone or to tear them down. We live in a culture that leans toward cursing and critiquing a whole lot more than blessing, don't we? Even in the church, if we're not careful, we can struggle to speak blessing over people, can't we? Even in our own households, we can struggle to speak blessing. See, criticism and cynicism feel much more prevalent in our land than blessing. See, to bless is to be for someone, not against them. And that doesn't mean you have to agree on everything. And it doesn't mean there can't be challenge. It just means I'm for you, I'm for your best. And I wanna speak a blessing over you. What's fascinating as you watch the life of Jesus and you just examine his life, this is Jesus. Everywhere you go, every story you read, every interaction that takes place, Jesus is blessing people. Now he's got strong things to say to some. He's got challenging things to say to some. But for most, he is speaking a blessing over people inviting them, not just inviting, but welcoming them into his presence and speaking that he is for them. See, to bless, I think our world, friends, needs this maybe more than ever because we're surrounded by the opposite. And so the the opportunity for us as a church is to say, let's be like Jesus. 
Let's speak blessing over people. See, as followers of Jesus, we already live, uh, shall we say, hashtag blessed, okay? So you already live hashtag blessed as a follower of Jesus because your sins have been forgiven. You've got life now and life eternal. You've got God in your corner through every season of life and every challenge that comes your way. You are blessed already. And now we are to seek to be a blessing to the people around us, to pass that on, not to keep that, but to move that forward. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the ever-expanding influence or impact of God and how we are invited in to be a part of that, that God has been at work from the very, very beginning, moving his kingdom forward at work. Jesus comes and he's the crescendo. He amplifies everything that God's been doing and he establishes the church and says, now you go champion everything that we've been working on and everything we are gonna work on because we are not stopped working. We're gonna keep working. We're ever expanding the impact and now you church, you're to champion what Jesus has put in motion and how he lives. We're enfolded into this blessing of God. The grace of Jesus is ours and we're sent as active agents for God in our world. And a lot of times, the simplest way to be that is to be a person who seeks to bless the people around us. Now, that doesn't mean you have to solve every problem for people. That, that doesn't mean you have to fix everything that's going on. It doesn't mean you have the resources to even think about doing that. But you can bless people. You can choose to say, in a culture that curses, I will be a person who blesses. I will be a person who with the life of Jesus within me will live like he lived. And I will seek to bless those. Uh, Maybe the earliest blessing passage we see is Genesis chapter 12. This is where the Lord said to Abram, uh, he said, look, go from your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So God says, look, I want you to go somewhere, which doesn't happen. It's not transient society like it is in our day and age. You, you didn't move away from family. And, and God didn't even tell him where he was going. Just said, go where I'll show you. And so Abram in faith goes, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then God continues, I will bless, uh, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of earth will be blessed through you. And we are invited into the same call of Abram, in the the same line and alignment of Jesus to fill in the gaps as the church to champion the blessing of God for the world around us. We may not be able to fix everything, but we can bless the people God brings into our path and we can step into those gaps with his resource and his guidance and his discernment to be able to fix some things, to be able to champion people. We are blessed to be a blessing. Jesus said you are a city on a hill. You're to shine in a way that your good deeds let people see that so they would see your Father in heaven and praise him. Be a blessing. And so with the time I got left, I kind of want to walk through this cart, and I just want to be real with you of maybe hopefully encouraging you, exhorting you enough that you would say as the church, as Element City Church, I will be a person, we will be a people that will seek to do this over the next six months. 
Because we firmly believe that if the church just lived this out, it would bring the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city in an ever-expanding way. It just would. And so how do you go about getting handles on how do I live to be a blessing? How do I live to bless people? Well, we don't hardly ever teach through an acronym, but we're gonna give you an acronym, and you got it on your card. And the first one there is begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. Prayer becomes the baseline, the foundation of how you live your life. What would it look like to wake up tomorrow morning and the first thought you have is just this, God, thanks. Thanks for another day. Thanks that we get to partner together today to bless people. I have no idea what that's gonna look like. I got a lot of meetings at work today. I got that crazy neighbor that's been coming over all the time. I don't even know if I wanna bless that person, but would you give me the strength to bless? I've got this situation going on in my family where um, I've got that one family member, you know the one, um, and I just don't know how to bless because I, I can't agree and I can't, I struggle and I, I just, God, would you just help me? In fact, I wanna pray for them. Sometimes the best thing you can do for someone, pray for them because it's bigger than you. And it's bigger than you trying to figure everything out. It's bigger than you trying to come up with a game plan to, to even bless. It's, it's to say, God, what do you want to do? Maybe it's not a statement. Maybe it's a question. God, how do you want me to pray for my family? How do you want me to pray for my coworkers? How do you want me to pray for my classmates, my teammates? How do you want me to pray? and that you would begin to have this rhythm of prayer in your life. We are really good at praying for ourselves, right? Amen? Everybody got a list, what you're praying for? Yeah, we're really good at that. Listen, that's awesome. God wants to hear it. He tells us we can bring our request to him, right? But life is not all about you. Hello. Life's not all about me. Hello. We are active agents for God. That's part of your role. It's part of the family mission that you've been invited into as you said yes to Jesus. And he's got bigger things for you to do. Now listen, he's gonna take care of you. That doesn't mean everything is gonna be rosy and awesome. But he will be with you and he'll take care of you. But he's got other things for you to be and be about. So begin your day. Colossians 4 says this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful, thankful. Live with an attitude of gratitude. God, thanks for everything you're doing. Help me to be alert to what you're doing around me. Would you just remind me? Maybe you bump into a coworker and they're sharing something and you can pray for them on your way back to your desk. What would it look like just to begin to have prayer more and more rhythm of your life? Pray for us too, uh, Paul's writing, that God may open a door for our message. We may proclaim it, the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. You keep praying that you would be this person who is always full of grace, seasoned with salt in your speech and how you go about interacting with people, that you just pray, that you make it a rhythm of how you do life. That's the first step to being a person who blesses people. You begin with prayer. 
that you keep prayer as a rhythm of your life. When you wake up one day and you forget to pray, guess what? Jesus still loves you. Begin again. Jump back into it. Pray as you go throughout your day. The second one is this. It's the L. Listen. Listen well to people. That takes concentration, doesn't it? How many of you (laughs) have ever found this experience? Um, I have this happen in my own family, and uh, I'm not proud of it. Where my child, whom I love deeply, like there isn't anyone on the planet that I wouldn't do more for, will be talking to me, and I will be physically there. Are, Are you traveling with me here? Physically present, like proximity is, can't get a whole lot closer. But I'm a million miles away in my mind. Maybe I'm the only one. I, just, I don't know. Do you guys struggle with that? Oh, good, a couple of you. Um, listening takes intentionality, doesn't it? Listening costs you. It will cost you your comfort at times. It will cost you time every time. Listening takes effort. In a world that loves to talk, I think it's the people who listen well, who earn the right to be heard later on. Not everyone loves to talk, but every single person in here loves someone who knows how to listen well. It's like they're with you in that moment where they hear you and they're tracking not just with content, but with the emotion that you're going through. They're understanding the complexities of what you're facing as you're describing your story and as you're going through explanation of what's happening. Listening is a skill that takes practice and intentionality. But learn to listen beyond the words so that you can hear as God would hear if he's sitting there listening, because he is. And there may be those moments where you're listening and the Holy Spirit's gonna whisper to you, did you catch that? Did you catch the angst in their voice? You know what that means? They're hurting. Did you hear that? Because uh, it's amazing how you can listen to a conversation with someone and walk away and totally forget any words that they just said, right? Let alone the emotion or the circumstance that's going on in their world, psychologically what they're battling. Learn to listen well. You will earn the right to be heard later on if you learn to listen well. So how do you bless? Well, you begin with prayer. You make it a pattern of how you live your life. You begin to exercise the discipline of listening. That will cost you. There is no shortcuts to listening. Email is nice. A text is cool. But there is nothing like actually sitting eye to eye, knee to knee, listening to someone. And when you find yourself drifting to what you're going to have for lunch, or what you had about dinner last night, and now it's starting to regurgitate. 
when you find yourself thinking about those things, ask a question. Force your mind back here listening. And so you learn to be a person who asks good questions. That's part of listening. Okay, you said that. Did you mean this? Or help me understand that a little bit more. Simple questions that earn the right to be heard later on because people love good listeners. The third one is this. So begin with prayer. Learn to listen really well. Uh, the third one I think is my favorite, uh, and maybe it'll be your favorite too. Um, it's E, and it just stands for eat. Can I get an amen? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a great one. Um, the interesting thing is this idea of just eat with people. Uh, grab coffee with someone if you're on a diet. Um, but like have food with people people that you love, people that you're praying for, because remember, you're, you're beginning with prayer, and so um, it's fascinating how a meal can actually bring people together. Do you know eating together is actually one of the best ways to grow a relationship? Did you know that? I think that's why the East does this really well. In the West, like, we created things called fast food, um, but in the East, uh, they don't have a whole lot of fast food. Like, when we were in Ecuador, and you go to someone's house, and we have a meal, like, we even had people prepare some of that meal, but you were still there for three and a half hours. You, you didn't just eat, you ate. And you were with people, and you were conversing, and you were connecting. There's something about sharing food, sharing coffee, creating that time and that space to, to grow conversation and to have conversation where you're able to listen and lean into them and their story and hear their story a little bit more. They're able to hear you a little bit more. That it's in that space everybody loves to eat, even if you're gluten-free. There's things, there's options. This idea of eating is important. What would it look like to intentionally have a meal with someone that you're praying for once a month? Here's the conviction piece this week. Having lunch with a friend, uh, Matt, on Tuesday and uh, doing some leadership development stuff with him, I'm, I'm learning. And, um, and, and I sat there in a restaurant surrounded by people talking to an awesome man of God. And I thought, when's the last time I ate a meal with someone who wasn't a believer? And I put my fork down. See, as a pastor, it's really easy, really easy to spend all your time around people that love Jesus, and that's awesome. It's really easy to spend a lot of time around you, and you're awesome. But my neighbor's awesome too. Jimmy's a great guy. He's searching. When's the last time I actually thought I should go grab lunch with Jimmy? or Horace across the street, or, or people that I know that I've been praying for. And then this hit me. Remember Luke 15, 
Luke 15 is an amazing passage of scripture. It's one of the few times we actually see three parables told together right after one another. It's the parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd who leaves the 99, goes, finds the one, right? And the parable of the lost coin, the woman who has this house, she's lost a coin, she sweeps the whole entire house to find it. And then the parable of the lost son who's gone off and squandered all the dad's kind of blessing, the inheritance type things, comes wandering back and Jesus tells this incredible story and he tells this story about this is what God's heart is like for people. Did you ever look at the very first two verses of Luke 15? We know the stories. Can I just read you the first two verses? Here's what it says. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the teachers of the day, the teachers of the law muttered. What do you do when you're muttering? How many of you have muttered before? What are you doing when you're doing that? You're either angry, you're casting judgment. Something deeper is going on than just being quiet with words, let's be honest, right? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Period. See, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law use that phrase as a mark of dishonor against Jesus. Jesus wore that as a badge of honor. May that be said about your life, my life. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's a badge of honor for Jesus. And it's a badge of honor for us as the church What if the church just ate with people who like Jesus because they've heard a lot about him, but they're not like him yet? What if the church just said, hey, Jesus lived this out. He kind of wore it as a badge of honor. What What if I just did that? What if I just got really practical, really simple, and just said, okay, Bob, my coworker, I've been praying for him. Maybe I should just go have lunch with Bob. What, what if I just had lunch with him like once a month? And I, I just keep praying, and, and then I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna eat with, and what's interesting is you keep following this through. So I'm, I'm praying, I'm listening, I'm eating, And then it opens up an opportunity for you to serve. It opens up opportunities as you're praying, as you're listening, as you're eating with folks that you're going to hear and you're going to see them and they're going to show you ways that you can serve them in their life and their season of life and the struggle that they're having or in the joy that they're experiencing, that you can come alongside and be a part of that with them. Ways that you can invest care and concern and love and encouragement. Ways that you can cheer for them. Ways that you can comfort them. We live in a culture that promotes and pushes us to adopt the attitude of I want to be served. But that's not the lifestyle that we see Jesus model most. 
In fact, Mark 10, 45 says this. For the Son of Man, Jesus speaking, did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How can you stay open, maybe stay alert to the ways that you can serve someone this week? Maybe you've been praying for them for a while and maybe you're getting better at just trying to listen to what's going on in life, just asking questions and investing the time it's gonna cost you to do that. that. That maybe you eat a little bit with them and that in the midst of all of that, you're earning the right to hear all these things and to see and discover, here's how I can serve. Here's how I can come alongside. It's as simple as, you know what? I'm just gonna, they're moving a rock uh, for their yard this next week. I'm gonna go do that for an hour. Not because they asked me to, simply because I volunteered to. I'm gonna go serve the people around me. I'm gonna find a way that I can be with them and serve them in their story, that I can begin to understand that. And lastly, as you're praying, as you're listening, as you're eating, as you're serving, you will have moments where you'll be able to share. It will create moments where you'll be able to step in and share a little bit of your God's story, what God's doing in your life, and Jesus' story, maybe even at some point. That this is what uh, Peter writes to us, 1 Peter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, meaning keep Jesus first and foremost. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You don't do this by yelling. We don't do this by saying my ideas and my ways are better than your ways. You're simply saying with gentleness and respect, here's my story, here's what God's doing in my story. My life was like this, and then I met Jesus and something began to change in me, and now my life is like this, and I don't have it all figured out yet, but I'm telling you, Jesus is making a difference in my life, and it just in simple ways. I used to be really, really angry, like so fast to be angry. And I met Jesus, and he, he's just changing me. And I, I just, I'm realizing that was such a, a crutch, and that was such a burden that I carried, and, and he kind of lifted that. And, and I'm just, I still get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. But I don't struggle with that as much because I'm learning to let Jesus lead me. That was my story. And so this idea of, of where you're at, you begin to share a little bit of that story. Maybe you even get to share the Jesus story a little bit. Uh, three years ago, I did a sermon, we were still at Catalina, about how to share your faith on a napkin using John 3.16, a simple verse that I think for every single one of us, if you were to memorize one verse this week, it would be this one, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you can have everlasting life, eternal life with him. Here's the gospel in that one verse. God loved. And so what do you do when you love? You give. That's what love does. It just gives. God loved you. God loved the world. And so he gave. He gave his one and only son. And if you believe in him, that he came on a, on a rescue mission for you, that he lived the life that you couldn't live, that I couldn't live, was crucified, dead, kind of taken all of my brokenness and all of my sins, and yet he came back to life three days later. God raised him from the dead. 
And now he's in heaven praying for me, praying for you. It's crazy, I know. But he is for you. He's not against you. God loved, so he gave. And if you believe, you can receive life with God, now and on into eternity. It's the craziest God story ever. It's amazing. And with one verse, you can share the whole gospel of what the Bible unpacks and a whole lot of other detail. I get it. But in one simple verse, we have an opportunity to say, here's, here's Jesus' story in a nutshell. If I could sum it all up in one verse, would you want to hear it? Here it is. God loves you. And so he, he sent Jesus on a rescue mission for you. And if you believe in him, not in yourself, not in your merit, but in what he did for you, man, you can have life with God now and on into eternity. That's the Jesus story. Have you ever said yes to that? I'm asking. Have you ever said yes? If you have, that's awesome. If you haven't, then I guess I just shared the gospel with you. And I, I'd love for you to say yes to that, to think about it, to consider it. Because you've been living life one way, your way. Maybe there's a different way. So how do we bless people? Well, we with praying. We learn to listen really well. We're gonna be people who eat, which is awesome. We're gonna be people who serve. And when the time is right, we're gonna be people who step up and share. We're gonna share our story, what God's doing. We're gonna share the Jesus story as we can. We're gonna find out ways to do that. We each have a next step. So which one of those do you feel like God's saying, hey, this next six months, let's work on this one? Because every single one of us has one to work on. So which one is it? I love this quote from Scott Sauls who wrote From Weakness to Strength. He says this, the truest disciples of Jesus, not in spite of their Christian beliefs, but because of them, take initiative to love and listen and serve those who don't even share their beliefs. Because it's what Jesus did. And it's what he calls us to do. As we learn to live intentionally, as agents for him, as we seek to be people who will bless others, not curse. We have a culture that does that. We don't need more of that. We need to be people who bless. In a watching, longing world, we'll take notice of people who bless. Each one of us has a next step. You know, every couple, um, couple times a year, we'll talk about things. Brian's gonna unpack this a little bit more next week, but this idea of own it. Um, it is an invitation for us. So one way that we own our faith or own the mission and vision of Elements is to say the people who call Elements home, hey, we wanna, we wanna own this. We want people who are intentional about our faith. It's not just you know whimsical, it's not just willy-nilly, it's, it's we wanna take steps. We always talk about a next step for you. Maybe a next step for us creating this culture is to say we wanna be people who bless. We're gonna wrestle with figuring out how to do that in your setting and in your situation, in your family and in, in your scenarios. So what does that look like? Maybe this week it's simply, God, how do you want me to own this? This idea of I wanna bless people, how do I own that? And he's gonna show you. Uh, next week we'll pack a little bit more of mission and vision and, and give you a chance to kinda say, yeah, I'm, I wanna own that, I'm part of this church and I, I'm with that and I'm on mission together that we wanna see 
God, galvanize all of us moving forward with force for his good. So pray for people. Listen. Eat with people. Serve them. Share your story. My daughters uh, love a show occasionally on a Saturday when they're killing time, and it's the show where a bride will go in and they'll look for these multiple thousands of dresses, and it's, it's the show's called Say Yes to the Dress, right? This is super cheesy. I want you to say yes to the bless. I told you it was cheesy. You're welcome. I want you to say yes to the bless. To say, God, I want to be a person who doesn't curse, but who willingly, intentionally, the best I know how, I want to bless people. Friends, we want to be a church that says yes to the bless. We want to be known as a church that blesses people. Sometimes with no strings attached, we're just gonna bless you because God loves you. And we're gonna be praying that God's at work in your life and we'll be here. And I wanna encourage you to say yes to the bless and ask him this week, which, which part of this do I need to work on? I'm telling you, I told you what mine is. I need not to eat more. <laughs> I need to eat with the right people more. So that's me. What's you? What's yours? We're going to worship a little bit. We're going to remember Jesus in communion. We kind of do communion often around here. Uh, there's communion stations down front and in the back, uh, gluten-free crackers if you need that up here. And just give you space and time as our worship team comes back up as we sing a couple songs just to to kind of help us understand, get our minds around what this is. How do I own this in my faith? How do I own this mission, the vision of what God's telling us for elements? And, and we remember that Jesus owned it, that his life, his death, his resurrection paved a way for us to have life with God through faith in him, that it was his body broken, his blood shed for the forgiveness of my sins, your sins that helps us be a people that we got blessed, hashtag. And now we're blessed to be a blessing. So God, as we worship here through communion, as we worship through song, we ask that you'd help make us more and more like Jesus. What he did in the discipline of his life and how he lived, and what he wore as a badge of honor, God, let that be said of us his way of living that blessed the people around him. Let that be said of us, not because we talk a good game, but because we live it out and we do it. Each one of us has a next step. Each one of us has a part of this that we can own a little bit more. Would you reveal to us in these next few minutes what that may be and that you want us to take a step in that this week to begin to put in motion more and more the mission of Jesus his love, his grace for all people to speak blessing over our city, over our world, over our neighbors, over our coworkers, over our kids, over our parents, over our friends, our neighbors. May you infuse us 
to bless people well. To be for them, not against them. That they may see your hope and your grace in a fresh way that maybe they've never seen before. Would you draw them to yourself, Jesus? Give us opportunities to pray, to listen, to eat, to serve, and to share when it's right. 